0: Uh, player spotlight for week six uh you know sometimes you'll see scores in d3 games and say oh there was an offensive shootout hey, That those, those defenses they really didn't play a good game i think this is one of those exceptions uh to the rule or at least the player that we have on this week is a major exception as his uh his stats his performance were really needed by the salisbury seagulls james do the honors
1: yeah, uh, leading the team with uh, with 10 tackles uh, to knock off the Wesley Wolverines for the first time in, in a few years in that Route 13 rivalry We'd like to welcome Patrick Bernardo, one of the, uh, the senior linebackers of the now number 12 uh, Salisbury Seagulls. Patrick, congratulations on the win. How did it feel? I mean, it felt
2: great, you know. Um... You know, my senior year and coming so close so many times the past couple of years and just just losing by just a little bit. Man, it really felt good to win this game, especially at home. You know, we haven't won a game, uh, beat Wesley at home since 2004. So this is a great game for not only us, but also the
0: program and the city of Salisbury. Amen to that. Uh, But, you know, you talk about uh, close games. uh, You know as well as anybody that Wesley has been winning them uh, lately. And there was a point, I believe, in the fourth quarter where it was – a one possession game again. It was a three-point game a bunch of times, it seems like, in the third quarter. Were you guys getting nervous at all on the sideline or on the field, for that matter, that they're going to pull one out of their hat one more time this season? And what were you telling your team during that second half as things developed? You know, at
2: the second half, we were just telling them, you know, you know, this is our game. You know, we, we, we can choose what we want to do. You know, our offense wasn't stopped all day. You know, so once we just fixed a couple things on defense that we need to fix, you know, we stopped Wesley, and they really couldn't do anything. You know, we—I can just tell you, man. There was just a different like sense of energy, that, in in this game and the environment. Like we knew we were going to win. You know, once we once we got back into the game, you know, we started off a little slow. We got back in the game, and we knew that you know we were going to win that game, and we took it. We took it from them.
1: Yeah, you guys definitely had to overcome a little adversity. You know, looking at the stat sheet, some of the. Uh... Some of the, it looks like the kickoffs uh, kind of went against you guys and, and it helped the Wolverines have shorter fields. And all of a sudden you're down 14 to zip after a couple of quick scores um, by the Wolverines. What what did you guys um, adjust defensively to kind of get to get things back on track, hold them to uh, you know to a few less points there in the first half to, to kind of make the offense have a chance uh, to, to get you back into it?
2: Well, you know, at the, after the first couple drives, you know, we just had to settle down and relax, you know, because we were really amped up. You know, this is a big rivalry for us. It's a big game for us. We were really amped up. And so, you know, once we got down a little bit, we just kind of had to take a breather. You know, we adjusted which side we were blitzing from. We adjusted some of the defensive calls we had. Um, and we we were able to use those and they worked pretty well to stop them. You know, and we just had some couple guys make some great individual plays. And, you know, we played good team defense after the first couple drives.
0: How's this season really developed for you guys? Because we uh, we heard uh, your coach in the past, uh, Coach Wood, talk about uh, the whole two-week bye scenario, and you were at two games when some teams were at four games played. And, you know, to come off that, mm-hmm. you had that big Oshkosh win to guide you into the double bye that you had. But to sort of come off that, was that weird? Have you ever experienced that sort of, Length of time between real games uh, before in your career, and kind of take us through how it affected your season so far, and whether or not you think it affected you coming into even the Wesley game a couple of weeks later.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I definitely never had something like that happen before, and you know, it kind of as, as you know, as a senior and all the seniors, we were a little disappointed because we had a game that was scheduled, man. So, and then we got it, you know, we found out the week before it that we're not going to play it, and it you know kind of hurt us a little bit. You know, because we really wanted to play 10 games, you know, this is, last, this is our senior season. But, um, you know, we kind of used it as a as like a back to basics. You know, it's part two of camp. You know, we got back to the basics. We got back to some of the fundamental stuff we did. You know, fundamental tackling, fundamental assignments type stuff. And I also think it was a great, it gave us a, um, a good opportunity to recover and rest. You know, because that was a tough Oshkosh game. You know, we got after it against them. And then you know, they're a tough team. So I think it did help a lot. Um, you know, it lets us rest It also let us get back to the basics and it let us kind of just relax because I mean, we were go, 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 go since, you know, um, mid August. And then we had those two weeks and it kind of let us relax and recover and, you know, really start over again. And then you know, we got a chance to play Montclair, who, you know, is a tough team, but, uh, you know, it helped us get ready for Wesley. And, and, you know, we were able to put it all together when we played Wesley.
1: Yeah, I, uh, going back to that the Montclair game looked like it was one of those situations where, uh, you know, once again, you guys defensively kind of had to pull things together late in mean, your offense uh, scored 14 points in the fourth quarter to help, uh, you know, get the win. But uh, it seems like a kind of a common theme I'm seeing with, with some of the games in your schedule. I mean, I know the some people thought the Oshkosh game was close, but you guys were up 24 to zip um, early in the fourth quarter there. You held Montclair to 11 points. Effectively um, held uh, Wesley to ten points in the second half. I mean, they did get that uh, last touchdown um, to make it a, a seven-point game with under two minutes to go. But basically, you guys are up two scores with uh, with the little time left. So, um, do you think that the, do you think the, the Salisbury Seagulls defense is uh, flying under the radar, so to speak, and that you're you're stronger than maybe the you know twenty-plus points you know per game allowed is, is really telling people?
2: Yeah, I definitely think we're under the radar defense. You know, we have, um, you know, we have five or six returning stars from last year. You know, and uh, Coach Wood said it best. You know, he said, "Man, we're four zero, but we haven't played a complete game yet. You know, our best, our best is yet to come. We haven't, you know, we haven't played sixty minutes of football. You know, against against Montclair, we played three quarters of fantastic football, but we weren't, we weren't, we didn't really play well in the fourth quarter, but we still were able to come out with the win." You know, and against Wesley, we kind of started slow We kind of finished slow, but in the middle right there, we, we were playing great football. So we got to just find a way to piece together 60 minutes of football. And I think it's going to be hard for anybody to really play with us if we can do that.
0: You say that, but Rowan is coming up next. And let's face it, this is a team that you won your first four games, they lost their first four games. Very mm-hmm. Rowan like, if that's uh, an adjective, I guess, uh, the one now. But, um, they are a team that's hungry. Uh, still, they whipped Kane pretty badly uh, on the field on yeah. Saturday. And they've got nothing to lose right now. You've got a number 12 rating or ranking uh, right now. You've got Jack Crown. you could be losing if you were ever to let this one go. What is Coach Wood telling you? I mean, is this one of those situations where maybe some of the younger guys see one in four rowing and they're like, whatever, you know, but you've got <laughs> you that know who Rowan is, the former beast of the team, yeah. uh, I mean, you, is this where you step up and say to your uh, team, hey, you can't underestimate them?
2: Yeah, so, you know, we had, a after our team meeting last night, we had a players-only meeting where uh, the captains and leaders, we, we, stood, we stood up, and we talked to the team, and we said, hey, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, my freshman year, we were 4-0, we were 13th in the nation, we played Rowan, and we lost, you know, so... This is this is a tough team. You know, they're always they always got a lot of good athletes, and they always play really t- tough. And you know, another thing we were talking about um, last year, uh, they beat Wesley, and then we played them, so it's kind of roles reversed. So we want to you know come out with a good show, and their 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 record does not uh, reflect how good they are as a team. You know, we've been watching a lot of film on them, and they have some they have some some ballers in their team. So you know, we're really just focused on hey, this is not. Don't look at their record. Look at their team, and you, you also got to worry about really looking at ourselves and talking about playing that whole sixty minutes of football.
1: Yeah. Well, the beauty is you guys control your destiny at this point, and so you just got to keep going one and zero each week. But um, stepping away from football a little bit, Patrick, uh, tell us a little bit about you know what brought you uh, you know to to Salisbury. You've had an amazing career, over two hundred tackles and going. You you know. Could probably even eclipse three hundred. Uh, you know, knock on wood, and uh, as the season continues, um, how did how did you come to become a seagull? And what are you thinking about doing after you graduate?
2: So I, uh, you know, I'm from Montgomery County, Maryland. So you know, uh, I'd always kind of heard of S- uh, Salisbury, you know, the state school. Um, but you know, my senior year rolled around in high school. You know, I had a really good season, and I always knew I wanted to play college football. You know, um, and I wasn't really getting recruited that heavy from any schools at any level, really. And I remember, you know, one day my mom was just like, "Hey, what about sending an email to Salisbury?" I was like, "All right, you know, whatever." And I remember literally, <laughs> probably like three hours later, Coach Fleetwood was responding to my, you know, my email and said, "Wait, we really like you. You know, we want you to come on a visit." And you know, I remember coming on my visit, and I had been on a couple other visits to a couple other D three schools, and I, I just didn't really like feel, feel myself fitting there. But I remember when I came to Salisbury, man, I you know I looked around the campus, I was like, "Wow, you know, this is this is a, this is a cool place." Like. This is a place that, you know, I could see myself going. And, you know, the stadium wasn't uh, fully built yet, but it was, you know, it was getting up there. So uh, they were just talking it up and I was like, you know, this just seems like a place for me, you know, they were a good team, they're a good culture. You know, a couple of things that I wanted from, from to play in college, I wanted, you know, I didn't have a lot of success as a team in high school. You know, we weren't very good. You know, I had two different head coaches in four years. So, you know, I wanted to go to a place where I, where I could have a consistent head coach and a consistent program. Um, and I felt yeah. like Salisbury was that kind of place for me. Um, and then, you know, my plans for the future, man, you know, I kind of I came here to play football. Um, you know, I'm a phys ed <laughs> major, you know, and I, I would like to, you know, start coaching football after I'm done playing. You know, I really like it. You know, it's, it's what I'm about. Um, you yeah, talk about me, awesome. yeah, anybody they're going to say it's a football guy, you know, he really likes football, so...
1: Yeah. Well, I think you based on your career as a linebacker coach, you, you'll be hired in a second and you can't have a much better mentor than Coach Wood, one of the one of the great yeah. pl- coaches of all of, of all the football, not just D3. Yeah,
0: I, I want to jump in on that. Uh, coach Wood, you talk about consistency and whatnot. We've had Dustin Johnson, who is the current head coach of William Patterson yeah. on uh, early in the season. He's doing some great things, obviously, for uh, Willie P, as they call it. But... Um, you know, what is your relationship like with Coach Wood? Is he that kind of jokester uh, that we hear about behind the scenes? That uh, Very serious, but very lighthearted at the same time. Uh, give us your impressions, not impression of, because he'd kill me if anybody were trying to do that. But <laughs> your impressions of Coach Wood and uh, what he does uh, so well there, how he's become such a mainstay.
2: You know, Coach Wood. He's he's really like he he uh, he's a not no nonsense guy. You know, he likes a certain way things. He likes way, certain things his way. You know, but he's also a guy type of guy. You could just go up to and talk to anytime about anything that you need. You know, whether it has to do with your classes or just how you're doing. You know, you have an issue, you just go talk to him. You know, and he he really does. He cares about his players. You know, he wants all of us to be successful. And you know, he does have. Some great assistants, Coach Fleetwood and Coach uh, Coach Des Bennett. Man, they, they really they really help out. Um, but you know, he he just is a no nonsense guy, and he just tries to um, he just tries to you know emulate the program in his image, and you know it's it's been working for him
1: certainly has been working for him and and uh, i know he's a you know he's a defensive kind of he's a defensive coach defensive kind of guy he's you know spoken very positively when i when i uh, met with him over the summer to talk about the team for d3football.com's kickoff publication you're a big part of that success like i said uh, almost 220 tackles in uh, in your career and you still got uh, a few more games left to go here patrick one of the traditions we have on in the huddle for um player guests like yourself is this i uh, like to give you the floor for any shout outs of uh friends family um teammates uh coaches sounds like you had a couple in high school unfortunately you only had one in college <laughs> but, uh, patrick bernardo the, the the floor is yours for shout
2: outs i mean i just want to give a shout out to all my uh all my teammates all my seagulls out there uh former and present you know uh I do this for you guys, you know, I, I want to be part of this community, this culture. You know, I'm just trying to change the tradition and you know live on the legacy you guys got. And uh, last things is don't want to be no Wolverine.
0: <laughs> i like to give a shout out to that fly that you have so expertly avoided. Yeah, I know. during this I'm interview. Here, man.
2: I I'm gonna freak out soon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'll say cool some prayers to that fly. You. It ain't gonna last long around you, uh, once this thing is done. <laughs> but but uh, you know, make like they're the uh, Rowan profs that fly and uh, perhaps, uh, you know, uh, see what you're going to do with uh, the Rowan team this weekend. They are no easy team. We've said it in this interview. And uh, to ke- keep your ranking and to keep undefeated, it's going to take a good effort this weekend by the Salisbury Seagulls. And you yourself, sir, your defensive unit needs to show up uh, indeed. So, Patrick Bernardo, get for the game. But uh, thanks for joining us in the meantime here on In the Huddle.
2: Thank you guys for having me.
0: Okay, let's talk about the leader in the Mac, Del v- Wait a minute. The leader in the Mac is not Del Val. Right now at least in the overall win-loss record I, I there's something weird going on here jb what's going on here
1: well we are seeing the uh the rise of the of the colonels from wilkes university down in, in pennsylvania and uh part of that uh you know change that's happening is because of a certain player who i really think is kind of the um He's, he's a little bit of a, a little bit of a secret out there he's, he's he's the best quarterback in the east that the east region doesn't know about for some reason because he's thrown for over 5,000 yards rushed for over a thousand yards and only like 26 career games so we'd like to welcome uh, the leader of the uh, colonel's offense senior quarterback Jose Tabora uh, congratulations on the 5 and0 start uh, the best that Wilkes has had and since 26 20, 2006. Uh, Jose, welcome to In the huddle.
3: Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, it's one of the one of the main things. Like this is this is awesome. This, I see you guys on Twitter and stuff. This is awesome. It's awesome.
0: <laughs> we, we, we've got fans. We uh, after twelve years of this, we've got fans. That's awesome. Three years of video though. Finally, hey, Jose you know the end of the first half our friend Gordon Mann, who covers uh del val uh, football was uh, in our slack channel on d3football.com and he was uh, I was refing that day but I still caught this he's like boy you guys need to tune into that Albright Wilkes game because the end of the first half it's just going crazy over there and the game was really when you look at it crazy 42 to 40 multiple chances for both teams to win the game but what were you feeling at the end of that first half with all that back and forth action going on? And what was coach telling you coach Rock uh, telling you guys in the locker room after that chaos was ensuing? Right. Um, yeah. Like you guys said, by halftime, the game was <clears throat> was all over. There was, there's three
3: kick returns. There's, there's back and forth action. I had uh, two, uh, two first half interceptions. that I don't like to talk about, but that there was a big roller coaster ride in that first half. Um, but Coming from our past and how we came up and how we've been doing over the couple of years, adversity has been our best friend, and uh, we like to look in the face of adversity when times get tough. Um, I, I I live for those games. I, I die for those plays. That when the game's on the line and you drink, you kind of you kind of want those plays as a player. You dream of those plays. But at halftime, Coach Drock tells us tells us what um what he needed to tell us and, and what exactly was right. It was. Um, to be at the top, you're gonna have to you're gonna be in dog fights like that. And uh, Albright, we knew what we were getting into last year. That that game that game last year was crazier than the one this year. Like Albright always brings it, always brings everything but the kitchen sink. And uh we were ready for it. We were ready for it. Those long those long workouts when we're dying at five AM on the field, that that's what it's for right there, to, to dig dig those wins out.
1: Well, Jose, you talked a little bit about adversity, and um, you know, Wilkes is no stranger to that. A big reason why they brought in Coach Drac was, you know, your sophomore season. Uh, and maybe there's a coincidence here. You guys uh, went 0-10. And, and um, not not a great season, but you only got to play in a couple of games. So I'm assuming that there was maybe an injury involved there. Um, obviously, since 2018, you guys are back in the uh, with in the win column. You've won. Let's see. There's math. Uh, Eleven out of your last fifteen games, um, including the five and zero start. Uh, so, tell tell walk us through a little bit about what was going on. You know, your sophomore season. Uh, maybe you know what uh, challenges you were dealing with, and then how does how does this team make this amazing turnaround from an 0 oh for season to now um, you know winning so many games.
3: Right. Um, as you said, my sophomore year, um, I got to play the first game against Muhlenberg and then my, the second game, the first play on offense of the second game of that season, my sophomore year, I had uh, tore a ligament in my throwing hand on my thumb, completely tore it. It's the, it's the injury yeah. that Drew Brees has, the same injury as Drew Brees has, except mine was completely torn. His is partially torn. Mine was completely, completely messed up. So um, I had to take care of that. That already put me out for the season. And then also um, following that, I was going to get my shoulder uh, fixed because my shoulder has been messed. My, my uh, left shoulder has been messed up since high school. But I got that fixed in the offseason, too. So I underwent two surgeries that offseason. And um, watching watching my team suffer, they went, like you said, 0-10. We went 0-10. So it really it really made me appreciate the game of football more and what it's like to not have it in my life. So all that extra hard work I put in, I put in, I'm not even gonna. I put in countless hours to get back where I am, and and it just really, it helps when you have the team around you and the coaching staff that keep pushing everyone and and, and keeps driving us for greatness. So, I would say that 0-10 season really humbled me uh, and and my teammates, and it made us feel like what it what it's like to be at the bottom. And now um, we're trying to climb our way to the top, and and we're trying so.
0: We ask you a question, because uh, a friend of mine this uh, past weekend uh, got a separated shoulder in just a flag football game. The question was, hey, going for surgery or not going for surgery, ultimately. You went for surgery and yours, it sounds like. Is it something that you've fully recovered from? Is it something that you tell other people, hey, do it because you'll pay the price later in life if you don't? uh, Give some people some insight about how that worked for you. Right. So... It was
3: my, uh, like I said, it wasn't my throwing shoulder. So I was really, um, I wasn't too, I wasn't thinking about it too much because my shoulder has been hurt or was hurt since high school. Wrestling, I was a big wrestler in high school. Um, And it hurt, I got it hurt in high school. And uh, coming into college, I would wear a brace and it would come in and out during games and stuff, nothing crazy. But when I had injured my thumb, I'm like, hey, why not get it fixed? So back to your question of whether or not it's a good idea to get it fixed uh that was my second surgery i had gotten uh, on my shoulder first one was in high school that surgery did not turn out the way we wanted it to so we needed to go to a more serious surgery it was called a ladder j procedure but that I have had no trouble since then i've I've been stronger than i've ever been um uh, no 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 no, uh reoccurring injuries since that surgery my shoulder's been uh better than it was before they uh did some um, Reengineering on that thing. So it's, it's all good. And I only use it to
0: lower it,
1: so I don't really need it for much.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> JP and I are like, uh, yeah. oh, God. We're <laughs> sure. old guys.
1: But, yeah, he is lowering the shoulder. Like I said, he's already, you know, he's rushed for over a 1,000 yards in his career. He's had, I think, three rushing touchdowns this season. And sometimes, you know, you got to hold the ball and go through it. And this weekend, you, you know, you're going to uh, be facing one of the best defenses I- in the conference, if not the East region. Um Last season, you guys were right there with the Aggies, though, to the very end. I mean, it was the game was in doubt until the final minute. Um, and you, this year, you certainly, you know, had some experience in, in winning close games. Um, so tell us uh, you know, a little bit about you know, what the preparation has been like this week for what's kind of shaping up to be a, a, a semi-conference championship caliber game here.
3: Right. Um, our focus every week remains the same to, to try to execute uh, to the maximum level that we can, whether that's going to class, waking up for uh, a morning practice, going to list, going to meetings. It's um, It really starts with, with how you start your week and how you go into every day of that week. It's less to do with exactly on game day. But like you said, this this game this week is uh, bigger than the past couple weeks. But those past couple weeks were used to make this such a big game. And uh, I feel like the preparation that we've been doing since we stepped off the field last year, the last game has really put us in a great position for this upcoming week. But um, this this is going to be a big challenge, and the team is very uh, very excited for it. But like you said, for me, uh don't make no mistake. This is going to be uh, it's going to be a fun game.
0: Let's talk about the MAC uh, in general, because for a lot of people, uh, seeing a Wilkes team. Uh, where it is right now and the misericordias of the world right now, which uh, my goodness uh, Brady uh, is a magician to you know, keep that team afloat the way he has I, I don't think you would deny that fact of what he's been able to do right there But I mean there are teams here that are Unheard of let's let's throw Del DelVal aside for one moment just for a second You look at the leaderboard and it's like completely shifted from what we are used to in the 2000s and early uh, 2010s basically uh, what would you tell people? And we we ask this of our Mac guests often. What would you tell people about the strength of the Mac right now? Is it just a whole lot of strength? Is it a lot of mediocrity building in right now with Dell Val still at the top? How would you characterize it as a senior right now, having seen things shift in the meantime? All right, um, like you said, coming in my freshman year, there were there were
3: teams that were at the top. There was Albright uh Del Valle, Widener, Stevenson. Those teams really really hung at the top and and all the other teams like you said were kind of mediocre, but now I feel like uh watching film between uh, the other teams and stuff like that, I feel like um with the new coaching changes and shifts that are happening around around the conference, I feel like they like everyone's com- really competitive right now and and competitive brings the best out of everything. And I feel like the Mac is really every time I play there's there's not a team I'm overlooking, really. There isn't a team I'm overlooking. And uh, we're not a team like like Del DelVal and Stevenson. Have, we have, like, uh, a bunch of success in the last couple of years. So I think that really uh, changes the way we look at games. But uh, I'm pretty sure last week, uh, DelVal and Kings were in it until the last couple of minutes. Like, games like that are happening a lot more often than I was used to seeing. And I think it's just due to... To competitive and and everyone really wanting to be at the top more than ever, really. But uh, I feel like there's been a lot more, uh, just a lot more focus in, in along the teams across the board, honestly.
1: Well, one of the things that I was trying to focus on earlier, but I, I and you know, I know since Frank lives near Manhattan, maybe he could help me out. I was trying to figure out where the heck is Egg Harbor Township? <laughs> that is the most interesting name for uh, your hometown, like are there is it named after egg like was there eggs like a plant there like what what is egg Harbor?
3: right uh i get this all the time um honestly i don't know why it's called egg Harbor township (laughs) but it's right outside of atlantic city i'm sure you guys know where atlantic city is um it's it's only about 20 minutes 15 minutes outside of atlantic city (laughs) right and um honestly i love my hometown it's a nice it's a nice quiet um it's pretty. It's a big town. It's a huge town. One of the biggest in New Jersey. But um, I ended up going to a, a private school uh, called St. Augustine Prep, which was in uh, Richland, New Jersey. Which is you definitely have no idea where Richland, New Jersey is. But, uh, <laughs> no, Echo Ridge Township. Yeah, it's a big town outside of Lang City.
0: I I I'm trying to get this uh, kind of drawn up here real quick uh, because I I actually found the answer as to how it got its name. We'll get to it in a moment. I think uh, when I'm All able to right. save so it and put it over. going to learn something here. But well, uh, while Frank's I,
1: looking for that, Jose. Well, Frank's okay, looking go for ahead. that. Tell us a little bit about your. So you know, so you're living outside of um, outside of Atlantic City. You're close to close to New York. You're. How did Wilkes University uh, get on your radar as a school that you wanted to attend and go and, and ultimately play football at? Right.
3: I wanted to attend uh, an institution that really valued me as a person and a player. Um, the big names, the obviously uh, walking on somewhere D one or or something like that, was was definitely something I, me and my family thought about and um, took into consideration, but. When I visited Wilkes, they, there was a sense of um, like, hey, we, we could really use you as like a, as a counterpart. And I really desired a place that desired me. Um, I like being, you could either be a, a small fish in a big pond or, or a big fish in, in a small pond. And I chose I chose the latter, not for any other reasons other than I wanted to feel like, like I was a part of this family. I would not want to feel like another number, another, another person looking like I wanted to feel like I was a a part of uh, the family and and coming here we had you know we had Trey Brown we had other coaches here and um them leaving and us looking for a new coach really allowed me to like take on a role that I wanted to take on like take on a role a leadership role that really uh, intrigued me so I would say basically the reason I I chose Wilkeson University was um was a perfect fit, honestly. I know that's what everyone says, but it really, really, truly
1: was. They were the only ones showing as much um,
3: interest in me. I think we
1: got our answer. I think we got the answer to who hired Coach Drock then, Frank. I think it was this guy right here. He (laughs) must have given him the seal of approval and said, yep, that guy's okay to be my coach. Sign him up.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's go back for a second here. Um, Great Egg Harbor got its name from Dutch explorer Cornelius Jacobson May. In 1614, May came upon the inlet to the Great Egg Harbor River. The meadows were so covered with shorebird and waterfowl eggs that he called it Erin Haven, which was Egg Harbor, named for bird eggs in New Jersey County Atlantic. There we go. No kidding. Okay, we've all learned something. Now, I've learned something about you coming into this interview, that you have over 5,300 passing yards, I believe it is, uh, in your uh, career. But there's probably never been a moment like this in your Division Three career where you, for the next two games, I would say, control your own destiny. Because your next two games are Del DelVal and Misericordia, two teams right now near the top of the standings or at the top of the standings. The undefeateds are uh, Wilkes, DelVal, Misericordia in the conference standings. How does that feel? I mean, and do you you know feel the extra weight on your shoulders do you thrive with that weight on your shoulders do you feel like and what are you telling your team here I know you take it one game at a time but we can't ignore that the two-week stretch you're going to go through really will determine Wilkes and the Mac in 2019 what do you have to say about it um
3: it's it's what we've been waiting for is what we put all those sweat um all the sweat blood and tears in for honestly is this is something that you really work hard for. This is not something that is just given. And I feel like that's what um, that's what uh, we we differ from the other teams that really stand at the top of their divisions is uh, we felt, like I said, we felt like what it was to be at the bottom. So us being even in the conversation is is um, it's a blessing, but we work for it. And um, we're not, we, we can't let someone, like anything, you can't let someone just come and take it from you when all that work was put in, all those reps were put in, um, it's it, it is weight on your shoulders, but this is weight that you want. This is weight that people wish for. This is uh, this is stuff that you really, really you strive for. And um, I feel like I I feel like our team really plays well when they're when they're under pressure. So I'm very excited.
0: Well, we're coming into this Valle game. Anthony Fontana is definitely getting his efficiency up, no doubt. And uh, he is a good quarterback. Uh, and you are a good quarterback as well. It probably should go above good, but we'll just keep it even at that right now. Um, I will say this much. though: JB led into this interview saying how, you know, you're kind of the unheard of uh, in the East region. And uh, just this interview alone, I've become really a Jose Tabora fan. We've always talked about your stats, and I kind of never knew, knew who you were uh, over the last couple of years when we run our scoreboards during our host chat segment every week, and uh, putting the uh, face and uh, voice now with the name, uh, you can tell your passion for this, uh, indeed. So, uh, you know, like we can't pick, you know, favorites in this whole thing. I, I like Fontana, who was a good guy when I, I covered the game against Kane a few weeks back, but. Uh, you know, it's, it's whoever wins this game, I'm going to be really happy for, uh, coming up before we get to that game though, as JB knows, we give you this that you probably know, too. you watch the show. Yeah. It's time for shout outs. Uh, and so any friends, family, teammates, whoever might be watching Jose Tabora, shout outs, your floor. Right.
3: Um, uh, shout out to, shout out to my family. Honestly, shout out to my mother, shout out to my father, uh, my sister, they're at every game. My my niece Bella. Uh, shout out to you guys. You guys are at every game. Alan, too. Um, also, shout out to my roommates D Rock, uh, G Rag, uh, Bud, and Gabe. They're some old men, but uh, they still get it done. And um, honestly, shout out, shout out to my just shout out to the family. Like I mean, the the Wilks family, uh, the football team. We got a I got a lot of brothers um, that I could call for any anything almost at any time, and I'm really appreciative uh, to them and uh, everything they do for me. And the, and the coaches, too. The coaches really are great, great people, great guys. And uh, they really got my back. That's why I play so hard for them on um, Saturdays.
0: JB, I, I probably should never ask this question. But when you qualify old men, what's that age range usually? Just out of curiosity. I'm yeah. asking for a friend. Do they have any gray hairs? He's not going to answer that question. He knows better than to answer that question right now. Yeah, no, they're uh, they're old men to me, so it's whatever. <laughs> okay, well, us two ancient guys are going to uh, let you go now. Uh, you can go playing for that Del Val game. Uh, we're going to talk to Coach Drock about what defines old ancient and otherwise, and he might have some say in that as well, since JB and him, I think, went to school together or something like that at some point. Oh, no, no,
1: no, he's at least 10 years <laughs> younger than me. He's Come
0: 10 years on. younger than you? Then he's damn young. Yeah. I didn't realize he's that yeah. young.
3: Oh, I yeah. got one more, <laughs> one more comment though. The, um, you said I was a senior. I'm a I'm a senior, but I have another I have another year of eligibility due to my injury. So I just uh, want to say that.
0: Uh, <laughs> was it the medical situation in the sophomore year? Yep. So yep, so yes, breaking, yes. Hey everyone, breaking
1: yeah. bad news for the Mac. <laughs> this yeah. guy is coming back for one more year. Yes. <laughs> well, that's great i because I'm really enjoying this. Like we got to do this again. Um, This is this was a lot of fun. Um, So that's that's good to hear. I was wondering about that because I was like, like a couple a game or two. Nice to know that we've got at least one more season of uh, of Jose Tapora at quarterback. Hold on, we'll
0: fix this right now. There we go. There you go, yeah. Very, very <laughs> good. But, better guys, appreciate that. Well, it, well, the rest of the interview will look like it originally did, but uh, now we will have you as a senior. Senior, yes, sir. Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Well, stay healthy, sir, uh, so that you get that last year in. And uh, thanks for joining us. Really do appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. It's a blessing. Thank you.